The scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And how do you follow these kids? But anyway. Well, we're entering the season of giving thanks. You know that as well as I. So we're beginning a two-part series uh, on the season of thanks. And next week, we'll talk about Psalm 103. That was my father's favorite passage of Scripture. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. This morning, we're going to talk briefly about Psalm 100 in two specific uh, parts of that psalm. It's interesting that it's the only psalm that has the inscription above it, a psalm of thanksgiving. Most any translation you find, any biblical translation, it'll say a psalm of thanksgiving. It's the only one that is listed as such in all of the psalms. So it's a significant psalm that was quite often uh, stated and sung uh, back in the day. And it really was the inspiration for what became known as the old 100th song, which became or was inspired, uh, uh, inspired the doxology which we often sing. I want to note Eight active imperatives that you find in this passage, first of all. If you look at, this is the psalm in its entirety right here, but it has all of these commands just back to back. Shout, worship, come, acknowledge, enter, go, give thanks, and praise. Now I want to address two of these specific imperatives this morning that are sandwiched right there in the middle. Acknowledge and enter, and look specifically at those verses. First of all, let's look at verse 3. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. It's interesting. First of all, a lot of earlier translations have the first word there as know that the Lord is God. Know that the Lord is sovereign. Uh, I like the more recent translations that say acknowledge that the Lord is God. It's one thing to know it up here. It's another thing to acknowledge it, to confess it, to proclaim it. And really that's closer to uh, the original Hebrew Anyway, I also think it's interesting that in the first couple of verses, you have these very emotional terms, very feelings-based terms, you know, shouting for joy and, and, and serving the Lord with gladness, all these great words. But it's interesting when you get to verse 3, because the word acknowledge really doesn't connote so much feeling as it is knowing and acknowledging that you know that God is sovereign, So you can even enter into the gates of this place where we worship, and there will be times that you don't even feel like worshiping. But even at those times, you can still acknowledge that God is sovereign and that in all things God works for good. I was so amazed this morning in the first service, and to be honest, uh, I had uh, been in touch with Melinda Dressler. Those of you who don't know, know, she's been our organist in the first service for 40, can anybody pinpoint it, 45 years, something like that. Just amazing. And um, uh, just this past Thursday, her brother was killed in an automobile accident uh, up on 459. And, you know, I, I had just been in touch with her and, and uh, told her, you know, that uh, she, there was, well, I was going to tell her there was no reason for her to come this morning. We'd understand if she took it off. But even before I, would, I told her that, she sent me this beautiful text that basically said, Jim, by the way, I will be there tomorrow because I worship a sovereign God who is with us even in the valley of the shadow of death. 
I was very blessed by that, and she was there and played as well as she always does. And it was amazing in that service, because I also looked over here and saw Judge Bob Faircloth. Well, we just uh, had Peggy, his, his wife of, oh gosh, I think it was how many years, 64 years, something like that. We had just buried her this past week. Uh, and then earlier in the week, um, it was uh, Vicki Walker, and Tom was right up there in the choir just singing away. I'm very blessed by people like that who will continue in spite of the deepest of sorrows, the darkest of times. They still show up, and they are there and primed to give thanks. And I talk with every one of them uh, today, and they are all primed in that way. I can't help but think of Ralph Garth, too. You know, this is a guy, for those of you who don't know, who literally pulls people out of ditches almost daily, uh, helps people, whether they are prostitutes or drug runners or drug addicts, alcoholics, whatever it might be, and ministers them back to health and does amazing work with that. And he's one of the more positive people I've ever known. I mean, you can't be around Ralph and not just be blessed beyond measure just hanging out with him. I know that part of what he would say, because I've asked him before, how do you keep so upbeat when you see such darkness each and every day? He was like, man, it took me. He was, he was a heroin addict for 25 years, virtually homeless for 25 years. And he would tell you, man, he, you know, God took his time with me, and I'll take my time with other people. And uh, he's just amazing the way he continues to have this positive, uh, praiseworthy spirit. It's just really amazing to me. Now, what's the foundational evidence that God is sovereign, by the way? Well, the psalmist gives it to us. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. It's really saying there the Lord is sovereign. Well, how do we know that? First of all, he made us and we are his. He created us. There's this beautiful imagery here. He kind of moves from creator uh, to his being our possessor, we belong to him, and then he's our protector. He made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. But let's talk about God as creator, first of all. Uh, you know, he is the one who made us. He created us. If you look at some ancient manuscripts from what's called the Masoretic Text, it actually adds, uh, we, he made us and not we ourselves, is what it literally says. He made us and not we ourselves, and we are his. In other words, we didn't do any of the making. It reminded me when I read this this week of a PTA meeting I was at years ago. I won't name the school or anything, but it was getting a little hot, mainly because of this one guy who was ranting about something, and I don't remember what it was about, and I think he was the only one who cared about it, <laughs> but he kept talking about it, talking about it, and twice he said, you know, it's like me, I'm a self-made man, and he ran it on and on, and later on, you know, you know, I mean, some people are just self-made, I'm a self-made man, and and then he finally said it a third time, I'm a self-made man. I'll never forget, a woman in the back actually stood up and said, well, that certainly relieves God of some of the effort. Thank you very much. I thought, wow. But we're not self-made when it gets down to it. God created us, which I think is so beautiful. I once heard a preacher say, you know, when it gets down to it, there's only one difficult verse in the Bible. Anybody know what it is? One difficult verse. It's Genesis 1-1, which is what? In the beginning, God, what? Created the heavens and the earth he said, man, that's the only difficult verse. He said, if you take that verse in and believe it, all the other verses are easy because God can do whatever God wants to do and whatever it says God did or can do in your life, he can do. That's the only difficult verse. If you acknowledge that he is the creator of all things, all the rest of it's smooth. I loved hearing that. And what's even better is, you know, he didn't just make us, but we are his people. He possesses us. We are all his. What's our theme this year? It's all his. Well, we are all his. And not only that, he protects us and guides us. We are his people and what? The sheep of his pasture. So even when we don't feel worshipful, when we walk into these doors, for whatever reason, because of what we're going through, we can still acknowledge that he is sovereign 
and that in all things he does work for good on his timeline, in his good time, in the fullness of time. He's our sovereign, he's our creator, he's our protector, he's the one whom we can call our father. But if we have the capacity, if, if we haven't been going through difficulty, if we're just not utterly fatigued, exhausted, we should be able to enter here with thanksgiving. And especially during this season, I think we need to reflect upon that. Let's go to the next verse, verse 4, because that's the other key verb I want to look at. Acknowledge and then enter. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. This is a beautiful depiction of entering worship as people are giving thanks. You're entering toward the temple at the gates, and there are people lined up on either side, as they would do back then. And people were chanting or praying, or especially singing and just giving praise to God, even before you went into the church house, so to speak. You would enter the temple that way. Now, let me tell you, that can have a good effect. I had a similar effect, not the exact same, but most of you, or a lot of you know Dr. Jeff Leonard, with whom I teach in the religion department. Well, a few weeks ago at Family Weekend, we were chosen as professors of the game. Yes, it's a very useless title. But anyway, we were honored, and we were voted by the football players who were like, okay, and they said, well, the main thing you're going to do is do the bulldog walk. And we thought, okay, so that's where we just kind of, you know, do we walk with the, oh, no, you get to lead the the football players and the coach. The coach will be right behind you, and then the football players behind that, we were like, we felt really nerdy, actually, and we felt very small with these big, huge guys. Think of JT, if you remember JT. And, and, you know, we're trying to, (laughs) remember we were in the building, first of all, and just, you know, all these hulking guys, and we're like, hey, have a a good game, you know. Uh, I'm not a geek, you know, and... uh, we were trying to be all, you know, testosterone and everything. And, um, uh, but, but, you know, they were like, no, you're going to lead the bulldog walk. And I thought, bulldog walk, good grief, you know. And this is Samford, and, and, which I love, but, I mean, I thought bulldog walk. And they said, well, it's going to go all the way down the quad and all the way uh, to the gates of the football field, and then you'll go on to the football field. And we were like, yeah, okay. Well, we had been inside the whole time. Well, we heard the band strike out there. And, man, when the band struck, it was like, whoa, wait. And we were all just awakened and they burst open the doors, and we went walking. We went out first, and the coach behind us, and then the team. But, I mean, y'all, the whole way, there were lines of people on both sides. I mean, cheerleaders and alumni and current students, and they were just going wild. And it was a line that went all the way from the quad to the gates of the football field. And it was just like, yeah, they were going crazy. And we're leading this, and it was for a moment, it was like, what, 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 what? We don't belong here, really. But we kept walking. And what was great is people started, hey, you know, we, high fives. And so we were like, yeah, yeah, we're useless to this team. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, there were fist pumps. And it was almost an art to, you had to think real quick and see if it was a high five or a fist pump. So it was like, hey, you know, it was all the, hey, walking on. But it was so cool. I mean, by the time we got to the gates and all, Jeff and I looked at each other. And we were like, man, suit us up. We're ready, and it's funny. We said that to the coach, and he was preoccupied. He was like, hey, man, suit us up. And he just said, uh, y'all enjoy the game, and then, then told us to go on. But I was so ready at that point for the game, and I think how often am I ready to come in here to worship with a true spirit of gratitude, being ready to praise my God? Are there times when I could be more prepared to give thanks to him? You know, do we really come here prepared for worship? joyfully with thanksgiving you know it, because really what this passage connotes it's it's really uh if you look at the language it's it's really the same kind of a tenor of 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 a soldier who's on a battlefield and they've they've won the victory and there's this great victory a great triumph and, and he's rejoicing in that victory 
you know, and I know we got doctors in here, but y'all worship shouldn't be like walking in and sitting at the doctor's office. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Or, or, or sitting in a traffic jam or something. It should be, we should come in here and rejoice. Um, you know, shouldn't that be our identifiable mark? Think about that. A lot of times to get into a place, you, you, you have an ID of some kind. Membership card, sometimes it's even a fingerprint scan, eye scan, voice scan, whatever it is. But there's a way that you get in. What should our ID be that brings us in here? And you're welcome in here no matter what. But what, sh- what should be our ID? It should be a spirit of thanksgiving is what it should be. And we should come in here with that kind, not just of mindset, but heart set as well. And it does say enter singing. Enter singing. You know, it was out of this psalm that the doxology came to be. I grew up singing the doxology every Sunday at the church. Where I, did anybody grow up at a church where you sang it? Every, a lot of you and a lot of people in the first services, virtually everybody. And I love singing it, especially a cappella. In fact, where's Keith? Keith, are you still here? Can you just lead us? Y'all stand up. Let's sing the doxology real quick. And sing it like you mean it. From whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. seated. You know, how often do you enter here with doxology in your heart? How often do you do that? Man, I loved, uh, uh, hey, uh, Megan and Lily, the way you guys sang. Did they not sing with that spirit, with that heart? Was that not just great? How often do we enter into this place with that kind of a heart, with that kind of a spirit? It's so cool that they would assemble at the gates on either side and sing antiphonally back and forth to each other. I just think that's so cool. Now, some churches do that more concretely than others. Never forget the first time I went over to preach at Mount Moriah Baptist Church in Pratt City. Uh, Brother Bernard Williams, wonderful, wonderful pastor uh, on the border regents of Miles College and all, just, just a great guy. But I remember being in his office with him, and we were sitting there, and the music started out in the sanctuary. They have a big sanctuary, and the music was just rocking and everything. And I was like, okay, we're still sitting in the office. Everybody else has gone in there. So I thought, okay, well, we'll just wait. And he's just kind of talking and kind of humming the music. I'm like, okay. Well, another song starts up. They get through that. Another song starts up, and they start improvising with it and everything. You can tell people are just rocking out. And I'm like, okay, that's three songs. Got to a fourth song, and I I finally was like, Bernard? Yeah, are, are, are we going in there? He said, yeah. I said, okay, well, I, I hear music now. He said, I do too. I said, well, isn't that a cue, you know, to go on? And he said, no. I said, well, are we going to wind up in the sanctuary? He said, yeah. I said, well, what's going on? What are we doing now? He said, devotions. And I don't know if you know, in the African-American church, a lot of times they have devotions long before the preacher even walks in. And it was, this was even better than the football thing because we, we came through the doors, you know, in the back, started walking up, and, and, you know, he started this strut thing. Y'all ever see Gomer Powell, and he's always out? That was me, you know, because it was him and me and some of the associate pastors. We were kind of doing this thing where you do this and then go back. And I was like Gomer. It was really sad. But 
Again, people were just, they were excited that we were finally getting in there and everything. And man, again, by the time I got up to the platform, I was like, suit me up, I'm ready to preach. I mean, it was that kind of thing. And I asked him afterwards, do y'all do that every Sunday? He said, yeah. So that's normal here. That's what we do. That's devotion. Let's get you ready to enter with praise and thanksgiving. I thought, man. And I thought, you know, how neat it is that they do that in such a concrete manner. You know, how often do we do that? with a spirit of thanksgiving. How many of y'all have ever seen Pastor Ralph when he dances? I mean, he can bust it. He can bust it. And, uh, you know, uh, I know that we don't dance here normally. If he were to dance up here, it would enhance the worship. I would detract from it, so we're not going to do that. But, you know, we don't have to dance here in worship, but does your worship dance? You know what I mean? Does our worship dance? Do our hearts dance while we're giving thanks to God for all his incredible, incredible blessings? Now, why should we enter with thanksgiving? Well, let's go to the last uh, verse I want to look at. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. It's kind of cool to me that the beginning of the song, psalm really talks about the breadth of God's love. It says, you know, give thanks to the Lord, all ye people, because it's, what it's saying is he loves all of us, the breadth of his love. And then here it talks about his faithfulness and, and his love that continues generation to generation. At the beginning of the psalm, it's talking about the breadth of his love. At the end, it's talking about the length of his love. It goes on forever. And of course, God showed not just the breadth and the length, but the depth of his love by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. And I can't help but think this morning about entering his gates with thanksgiving, just bursting into there. I, I think of the wonderful and mysterious and, and uh, uh, just magisterial verse right after Jesus breathes his last, and it says what, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. What is that telling us? That we now have direct, personal, intimate access to God because of what Jesus did on the cross. So why can't we enter through the curtain, enter through the gates with the most ultimate kind of thanksgiving? That's such reason for doxology. Which brings us to this table. Can we enter this table with the spirit of thanks? I love the way our Catholic brothers and sisters put it. Anybody know, you know, we call it the Lord's Supper a lot here. Church I grew up in called it communion more than anything. Uh, some people call it the breaking of the bread. Uh, our Catholic brothers and sisters, what do they call it? The Eucharist. I lo- that's the best word for it. Uh, Eucharist. And you know how I like to break down words. E-U, the, U, the um, prefix means good. And then Charisto, Eucharisto, charis is where we get the words like charisma and cherish and charismatic, things like that. It literally means giving thanks for the good gift. That's what, this, that's what Eucharist means. And isn't that what we're doing as we come forward to partake of this in a spirit of thanksgiving and joy and praise as we receive this for the one who broke his body for us, for the one who shed his blood for us that our own sin would be shed should we fall before him and give our lives over to him. Greatest of gifts. Now in just a minute after I pray, we'll do the Eucharist the way we usually do, where you guys will you know, start out against the wall here and then come back and, and take your time. Come forward and, and take the bread, take the cup, and don't feel like you have to take it right here. Go back to where you were sitting and take your time and meditate upon it. And when you prayerfully know when it's time for you to receive uh, the bread and the drink, you do that then, okay? Uh, you guys here will come up this way, go back, sit down, and then you guys over toward the wall coming back, and there we go. So the table awaits us, but let's have a word of prayer first. Amazing love, how can it be, O oh God, that you would die for us? Greatest of gifts, 
all the more reason for us to give thanks for that greatest of gifts now. We're not going to come dancing for it, oh God, but may our hearts dance as we receive the elements, as we receive the reality of your brokenness for us, the shedding of your blood for us, bringing us to that place of new life. So even as we are called to enter these gates and into this room with thanksgiving, help help us to enter this table, enter this meal with gratitude as well. Hearts full of gratitude, cups running over. We pray these things in your name. Amen. The table awaits. for us to keep our eyes closed, our heads bowed, and, and as we're still partaking of this, let me ask you, 
And what part of your life right now do you need to have your joy restored? Is it a relationship that's not in a good place right now? Is it some frustrations that you have uh, financially? Um, Is it some uncertainty about the near future or decision you have to make? Is it about your relationship with God that maybe it just seems to have uh, fallen flat and you want to find the source of that joy again? Whatever it is in your life where you need to have joy of the Lord restoring you. Will you pray right now for that part of your life that needs needs to get that joy back? Will you do that? Help us to trust that joy and gratitude are two of our most precious weapons. That when we look at the news and and see what's going on in the world, and and as we do lift up uh, the people of Paris and the families who have lost loved ones and those who are uh, so terribly injured, help us to be able to say, nevertheless, I will continue to praise him, to give thanks knowing that ultimately, acknowledging ultimately that you are sovereign and that justice will prevail. So help us now to give thanks to you as we sing together, as we join together in one voice and one doxological song, just giving thanks to you for all of who you are to us, all that you have done for us. We pray these things in your name.